it was our birthday and I'll cry if I want to because we forgot to mention it. Uh, Mr. Cosgrove, when a podcast gets to a certain age, it is rude <laughs> to ask how old it is. Yes, we're, tur- <laughs> we're turning two again for the third time. <laughs> we're, we're, we're going... We're turning one again for the third we're time. We're going backwards. Mads. Yes. <laughs> um, it, well, look, if this is episode 157... Yes. It... It stands to reason that the last may have been 156. In an ideal universe, yes. Which, as I noted, only last week is in fact three times 52, which is the amount of weeks in a year. And given this is a weekly podcast, make what distinctions from that information you will yourself. We're seven. (laughs) Yeah, we work on a different kind of calendar. Anyway, how you doing? Well, Tarquin Jacques, how the devil are you? I'm in fine form. <laughs> I'm grand. I'm a bit blah. You know that kind of Wednesday blah? Blah. Yeah, I, I, I do. Although, in fairness, these days, many days appear to be a bit of a sort of blah. Yeah. I mean, we've got... What, we've got that, um, what is it, that, that wee bug that's going about. Uh, that's still causing enormous disruption it's january um it's the end of january so everybody's skint um i don't know about you but it was just raining sideways here the thunder claps and lightning flashes the dogs were looking at me as going can you stop that please i wish i could um it's all a bit sort of there but still Enough of this nonsense. What are you writing with and on? Um, I'm afraid it's not terribly exciting or strange. It's the Rodeo number 16, so my normal notepad, and my Blackwing Eras, which is now swiftly deteriorating, deteriorating, shrinking towards um, Steinbeck. And what am I part- I'm going to move on to... I got these the other day. Let me... Let me... Oh. These came in... Live sound effects. From the Magnificent Claire. Um... By, oh by, no, by you've got something before me again. Yeah. So this is the Blackwing. Uh, what is that? XIX. So 19. Oh, oh the, the pre-election one. Yes. Ah, yes. Mm. <laughs> so I got a pair of those. Thank you so much, Claire. I'm very much appreciated. And uh, it looks lovely. It's purple and stars, yellow stars. And XIX is 19. No. 10. Yes. Yeah, nine. Yeah, sorry. Yes. There's there's a there's a bit of a um um girl power in the whole 19, I think. Um shall, shall I shall I look it up? I'll, I'll read you verbatim what it's all mm-hmm. about. Uh for uh, American listeners, this is the Blackwing that you received oh, several several months ago. Um but due to uh well, supply problems, they only just got to Europe. Uh the Blackwing XIX or 19 is our tribute to the 19th Amendment and the ongoing fight for voting rights in the United States and around the world. Mm. It features a purple barrel and three sided white and golden yellow imprint inspired by the suffrage flag. That's what I thought striped it was. Striped silver ferrule and purple eraser. It is rather magnificent. Um, I'll, I'll tell you what I got. Um, not. Not through sort of normal supply lines, but um, as a 
as a sort of paying customer direct from the US Blackwing side. Um, I bought one of the notebooks mm. um, that accompanies this because the the Slate notebook, which is the sort of, um, is the medium size one. Well, actually it's now, now it's all of the sizes, but it used to be the medium one, the sort of A5-ish. Yeah. Um, and in sort of standard American way, it was, it was kind of its own size. It, it was, it was much thinner than an A5, not as, not as broad. Uh, but the, the, this was the first one that has gone full A5. It's the real, it's the real deal, ah. the big proper size. Um, so it completely throws my, my bookshelf into chaos <laughs> because <laughs> it sticks out beyond all of its brethren. However, all of the new ones are now coming this size. So okay. um, if you think of a, a moleskin, you know, a pocket moleskin, yeah. sort of big fat book, Blackwing now have one of those. Ooh. Um, with their little sort of trademark pencil uh, attached, and they've made little, um, well, half-length pencils. Very nice. Uh, to, to go in there, and then you've got the A5 one in the middle, and a big one, which I haven't actually seen yet, but I'm imagining it's going to be uh, pretty close to A4, I'd say. Oh, because they did make a big one as well, didn't they? Yeah, they had a big one, but again, it was a, a sort of size of its own. There appears to have been some sort of, standardization going on <laughs> yes well that's good but yes the uh the blackwing 19 a good a good cause and an excellent thing to celebrate and uh, a lovely pencil uh yeah and if you like your purple it's it's the real stuff it's mm. a lot of purple um and uh, if, if you're in europe and you want some go to nero's we've got loads well, you, you haven't got two ate. of them because two of them I have. Sorry, that's Claire's fault. Uh, yeah, what happens is that if I sort of weasel enough, then I can persuade her to break a box for <laughs> for me, for you, um, for the bloggers, you know, friends of the show type thing. Um, so I dare say that you've probably got exactly the same as I'm going to get. If Sometime my, my in 2024. <laughs> yeah, well, I, the reason I'm I'm sort of waxing on Blackwing at the moment is I put another order in with Blackwing Direct because mm -hmm. there's this this whole complication we've been through it before where the distributor uh, in the UK controls what's available to me and I I can't I can't sort of get stuff um, I can't go to the Blackwing site and say give me 100 of those and 400 of those well I can do but I have to pay retail um, so that doesn't really work. Um, but, uh, every now and again, I'm like, oh, I'd really like to have some of those because I think Nero's customers would really like to buy them. Um, and we have, uh, we like to put extras in with some of our orders and Blackwing, mm -hmm. we've got some stickers around at the moment. So, so essentially I did a quite a big order of little extra bits. Um, and the, um, oh, how deep to go with this. Okay. Blackwing use Shopify, the same platform as Nero's uses. And so I put my order in, um, put my shipping details in, as if they don't know my shipping details, uh, put the credit card, press fire, boom, great. So I get the confirmation, all is good. Then I get a shipping confirmation. And this comes from a third party app that you can sort of, it's an add-on to Shopify. Like an integration. And it, yeah, it's called ShipStation. 
um, and it allows you to be much more expansive in your shipping options. So you can have, you know, you could, in this case, they've got USPS, they've got Blackwing, uh, Blackwing, FedEx, all sorts. And sharp-eyed man that I am, uh, and because it's happened to me before, the address is completely different. Oh. Somehow, ShipStation takes a look at the zip code and goes, well, I've got no idea where that is. What's the nearest thing I do know? And delivers your parcel to that. Oh, no. So in, in, in my case, it's about six and a half miles away. Well, actually, it's more like a thousand miles away, but it's six and a half miles away from where Claire is. Um, and so I thought, you tricky little fellows, I thought, or worse to that effect. And so I sent an email into Blackwing to the support guys and said, guys, you might want to have a look at that because that's going to the wrong place, which is, which is not great. Um, and they sort of came back and said, no, it's going to this place. And I said, yeah, you've just looked on Shopify <laughs> and I've, I've got Shopify as well. And yep, we're agreed. That's where me, you and Shopify all think it's going there. But your shipping agent <laughs> thinks it's going here. Please see this email. Oh, OK, well, I'll just get onto them. And so uh, support got onto FedEx and said, whoa, there, hold it. Don't know how that's happened, but that's the wrong address. You need to go to this address. OK, yep, cool, great. FedEx, of course, delivered it to the address that they'd intended to deliver it to all along. <laughs> <laughs> so I went back to, to Blackwing and said, guys, seriously, I mean, I told you. And he, and he sort of came back and said, yeah, I know. And the annoying thing is FedEx have just been on the phone to tell me that they've delivered it to the right place. <laughs> okay, then. Anyway, then I get an email from the very kind person living at the place that has now got my Blackwing order going. Well, I opened it up and there's this Shopify receipt. And it's got your address on it. So I thought I'd give it. Yeah, yeah, okay, great. Now, this is the interesting bit. If anybody's still with us, honestly, there is an interesting bit to this story. <laughs> the, the person to whom it's been delivered is a photographer. And as we were just sort of toing and froing on the email. And I said, I bet your address is. <laughs> anyway, how did you know that? Trust me, you don't want to know. That's not the kind of thing you want to say to someone, by the way. You maybe just should elaborate a little bit. <laughs> well, I, I did after a while elaborate. But in between times, we agreed that he's going to do some photography for the website. I was, I was determined <laughs> to try and make something good come out of this. Yes. A, one of those, like a little meat cute. You know, it's just like, oh, oh, so you got the package that was from, oh, hi, we need some photography. I like this. It's serendipitous. That's it. It's, you know, everything happens for a reason, as my wife says to me all the time when something <laughs> weird happens. Um, or something bad happens usually. So uh, hopefully it will all end superbly well. Um, and uh, yeah, ship station, I'm coming for you. I will find you. <laughs> <sighs> anyway, well, there was there was a wild tangent. I am writing with something far less interesting, but equally nice. I think you'll find is uh, a Stirtler, um Lumograph, so the blue ones, the Mars. Uh, this is a two B. Uh, it's a tipped pencil. Something quite classy about a tipped pencil. I don't know, mm. eraser nonsense. <laughs> um, and it's, yeah, it's, it's a, a perfect Steinbeck. It's been getting a bit of a hammering. My notebooks and pencils have been hard worked this week. Mm. So I've, I've sent two pencils to the stub jar. Oh, wow. Uh, and I, I reckon this one, 
well, this one will probably last me another week or so, but by the next show, this will definitely be at, at stubby sort of level, I think. I mean, it's a 2B, so I do sort of rattle through those quite fast. <laughs> it's impressive, though. Ah, well, you know, if you've got this many pencils, TJ, you've got to work through them. You've <laughs> got to work through them. Um, and part of it is because of my, my jobby job thing and the, the sort of computers that, just the way my IT is set up at the moment, I'm doing a lot of notes in notebooks, uh, which is not that unusual for me. But they're um, really time-consuming, so or, or page-consuming. So I'm writing down leads to prospects. Mm-hmm. So I'll write down uh, uh, TJ Cosgrove uh, Real Estate. That's his phone number. That's his web address. That's his email. Um, and then I'm going to write down, you know, Stuart Lennon Real Estate. I think, oh, okay, let's leave some space for TJ there because I'm going to send him an email. He might respond and I'm going to call him up and he might say something. So I'm going to keep some space there for him. So I'll go on to the next page. Now you do that 40 times and you go, oh, wow. <laughs> I'll win. This, this book this... only has 38 pages. <laughs> <laughs> yes, this, this notebook is struggling to cope. Um, but yeah, I suppose it, for some reason, I've, well, not for some reason, I know why, but I find it much easier to work in that way than off a screen. So uh, it's all terribly efficient and effective in a weird sort of way. <laughs> that's that's what I'm going to say. So what about watching? Have you been watching anything? Uh, yeah, I finished four seasons worth of Big Mouth, which is quite a quite a good pace. Only 25-minute episodes, but I think there's 10 episodes a season, 40 episodes, 25 minutes a piece. You're talking 20 hours ballpark of watch time. Wow. So it's a lot of content I've, I've rattled through. I find myself watching an episode or two um, just whenever I could fit it in. And it's good. It was really, really good. Really, really interesting. Um, one of those shows that I think it'd be really useful and really uh, enlightening for a teenager to watch. But it also be, might be one of those shows that you think, do I really want to, like, there's a lot of stuff in here that's helpful. There's also a lot of stuff in here that could teach them very bad habits. And you're like, I'm not sure if I want to, like, if I had a kid that age, I'm like, this might be a double-edged sword. It's very enlightening and very interesting mm-hmm. and very sort of uh, open about what it talks about. But it also teaches a lot of habits that maybe aren't the best. <laughs> You're like, hmm. Mm. But I, I really enjoyed it. I thought it was an excellent show. Um, and then we're also watching another one called Superstore, which is uh, like basically Walmart, the show. And uh, it's quite funny. It's not really you know, highbrow kind of fancy TV or anything. It's just comedy set in it's basically the office but in a walmart rather than an office and it's good sure it runs nicely it's short episodes they're interesting characters um it's it follows a very kind of you can guess most of the plot lines but it's not bad and it's enjoyable and uh meg and i've been watching that together so it's something nice to kind of um fill the time when we're, we're having lunch or something it's just a nice little background program Excellent. Um, well, before I go on to what I've been watching, I just want to go back to writing. I'm still writing in my um, Mike Hawthorne sketchbook. Mm-hmm. And I wanted to plug um, the Art Supply Posse podcast. Yes, I saw this so, on our Slack. Yeah, episode 108. Uh, it's one of three, apparently, um, featuring the aforementioned Mike Hawthorne, uh, who's a lovely chap. You should go and listen to that. It's a, it's a good podcast, and he's a really nice guy. So. Go listen to that. Mm. Art Supply Posse. Wherever you get your podcasts. <clears throat> um, watching. Well, I finished Sabura, uh, the sort of Roman 
um, organized crime, corruption, stylized, thrillery type thing. Mm-hmm. Um, and it was great. Okay. Good. Uh, I think it's fair to say it, it sort of it lost a bit of momentum. It was one of those, you know, standard Netflix things where you go, season one's brilliant. Season two, it's okay. Season three, oh yeah, let's cut it short. Why is there um, season four? Did anyone know there was a season four? Did anyone want a season four? No. No to all these questions. Yeah, it, um, again, it's a typical sort of Netflix thing. We've got uh, 12 shows, 12 shows, six. <laughs> okay, we just did like 15 minutes for the last season just just one 15 minute episode for the last season and it doesn't really wrap up anything it just kind of asks more questions so take it or leave it nah. yeah I th- it's one of those ones where i think they've the writer it is you know attempting to build to a huge crescendo and and you get to this point and then some tv producer goes great can we have another show now want a whole new season oh ah right okay so so how am i going to get them out of that (laughs) false crescendo (laughs) you think that was bad now we're going to get their wives to do um so that was fun um i you're not going to believe this but it appears that i have a weakness for italian rap um is there some quite sort of uh dark music um i don't Look it up yourself. Sabura, um, Netflix on uh, Apple Music or Spotify, you'll find it. There's some some really good stuff. There's a um, the rapper is called Piotta, P I O T A, um, who's been around forever. Um, but I really like the the stuff he did. It's it's sort of it's a for me anyway. It's a really weird juxtaposition of what I see as a very sort of American um gangster type music uh just overlaid with rome mm-hmm. it's, it's just a weird juxtaposition for me i really like it so even listening to that when i'm not watching it good lord heavens um and then i had one of those scary scary uh experiences uh, in some circles i'm known as stewie blue eyes because i'm married into a sicilian family um, and so when your wife turns around and says, should we watch the Godfather trilogy? That just, just for a brief second, you think, oh, what does, what does that mean? I wonder. Um, I mean, I mean, it turns out that we're just watching the Godfather trilogy. Um, <laughs> and I'm, I, I'm sure, I'm sure you've uh, watched those as part of your studies, if nothing else. I think so. Yeah. Um, way back when. I don't really remember, I remember sort of the broad strokes, but I, I think it was maybe 12 years ago watch them so it's a good while well uh, they're almost as old as me that's how old they are um i think godfather was released in 72 so it's yeah. quite a lot older than you um oh what a movie uh what al pacino honestly anyone marlon brando uh, <laughs> just great 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 acting great writing great directing one one criticism, uh, not mine, I hasten to add, is that the Sicilian accents are a bit pants. Uh, that's the technical term used. <laughs> yeah, don't watch anything uh, with anyone trying to pretend to be Northern Irish in it because you'll always be disappointed. I mean, so, sometimes <laughs> Liam Neeson sounds like he's putting on an accent and he's from here. And so, if that's the level, it it's just... I can't, I can't remember. I think it was maybe uh, it was a couple of big movies. 
sort of set in, in Ireland or Northern Ireland and someone attempts quite boldly a Northern Irish accent. And I think maybe Americans thought it was good and accurate and, and you know, representative. It was not. <laughs> I can tell you it was not. <laughs> no, for sure. And I think, I think Mags had exactly the same experience. She's turned to being... Sicilian accent's not very good. And I'm going, uh, okay, <laughs> if you say so. Um, you know, I, I'm looking at all the rest of the acting and the sort of threatening look and the body language and thinking, yep, I'm scared. Uh, I wasn't really picking up on the semantics of the language. Um, <laughs> but yeah, great movies. I'm looking forward to, I think Godfather 3 will be tomorrow. Um, I'm a bit tied up this evening, but tomorrow will be Godfather 3. Mm. Very excited. Ah, what about listening? Have you been listening to anything new and exciting? Currently, no, but I'm prepping to. So I was on ordering some bits and pieces from Amazon. I noticed that my Audible subscription had renewed, and that's that's fine. I like Audible. And I renewed it because I wanted to buy a specific book, which is the sort of third or fourth in a trilogy I was listening to. And that's grand. But I realized I let it tick over. And so I kind of had built up this little backlog of credits and books. Um, I hadn't listened to the books and I hadn't used the credits. And so I went on and had a look and thought, right, I'm going to sort this out because I, I want to get back to listen to, to audiobooks. I really enjoy it, but I don't have a commute anymore. So it it's trying to establish time to do it. Right, I'm going to sort this mm-hmm. first. I don't need to be paying whatever, eight ninety nine a month or whatever it is. When I have this backlog, I can pause it or whatever until then. So I went on and had a look and I went, right, these two books, this one, not going to listen to it. 60 hours, not a chance. Yeah. I think it was Atlas Shrugged by Anne Rand and I'm sure it's a great book and I started a wee bit of it and I was like this could be interesting but it's 60 hours six zero it, that's it's not a, that's a sizable investment it's not happening I'm just being realistic maybe I'll come back to it so there's that one and then there was another one I think it was called Newman I think I talked about it way 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 back ago um and I was listening to that on the train when I was going to work and it was it wasn't bad. I just really didn't click with it. And I really, it was a slog to listen to it. Not because it was bad, just because I wasn't enjoying it. Um, so I took these two books that I thought, I don't really like these. So I had a chance my arm and Amazon's Audible return is pretty good. And so I said, I, um, customer service chat, I, I want to return these books. I can't do it automatically, but I'm not going to listen to them. Is there any chance I could return them? And then the, the little person popped on and said, hello. and that's, Went away and came back. I thought it was going to come back with it. Okay, let me just see if, what I can do for you. I was like, okay, that's it done. Like, oh, oh, I was expecting more. <laughs> Some sort of hurdle to jump or barrier to scale, but no. Very pleasant, very helpful. That was it sorted. And so I had two extra credits. And so I went and bought uh, a couple of different books. Let me, let me try and find what they are on my phone while we're talking because I have a good stack. I think it's five books I have now stacked up, ready to go on audible uh which is a lot of listening so the book that i wanted to that originally started this back for was heaven's river by dennis e taylor which is sort of a spacey book about um von neumann probes and replicating robots and things like that it's very good so i've got mm-hmm. 16 hours left of that yeah. um then i have two books which are part of a series uh, one is demon d-a-e-m-o-n um, by Daniel Suarez, and then the sequel to that book, Freedom TM, by Daniel Suarez. Those are 15 and 11 hours, uh, respectively. Uh, and then I have another one called Mount Fitzroy, 
which is by one of my favorite authors, Scott Sigler, which is a sequel to a book that I read a number of years ago. And then I thought I'd try something a little bit different, but not so different. And I got The Sandman, which is an ensemble cast recording by Neil Gaiman and Dirk Mag. So I think it was a mm-hmm. uh, graphic novel. And this is it sort of turned into a an audio play type audiobook. And it's 10 hours. And the Mount Fitzroy is 29 hours. So we're looking, we're still not up to 60 hours in the five books that I have. So I've got sure. a good amount of listening set out ahead of me, but it's all books and series that I really wanted to listen to. Okay. Well, I did, while you were talking, I thought I'd look up mine because I switched a long time ago to the sort of the bulk credit buying thing. Yeah. Um, so you, I just bought a, a whole load of credits that I'm sort of gradually spending. And then I suppose at some point it will ask me if I want to buy some more. I don't know. Um, so I've got in my queue, as it were, I've got The Soul of an Entrepreneur, uh, Work and Life Beyond the Startup Myth by David Sachs, who was the guy that did uh, yeah. Revenge of the Analog. Yeah. Um, then I've got Becoming, which is um, Michelle Obama's book. Oh, yeah. Uh, her me- memoir that that's a, that's nineteen hours. There's a fair chunk of that. Um, then I've got the history of Britain, volume one and volume two by Simon Sharma. Uh, so there, oh, well, I've got eleven hours left in volume one, and then a chunky twenty hours for volume two. Uh, volume three runs for another eleven hours. So <laughs> that's quite a lot of history. Um, Stu, that's only what, and then, five episodes of 1857. That's nothing. We have 157 <laughs> under our belts. <laughs> Quite. Um, and then after that, I've got Stardust by Neil Gaiman. Oh, um, very good. As much though I like Mr. Gaiman, I'm, I'm surprised how much of his stuff I haven't read. So I'm going to do a little bit of catching up there, I think. Have you read Good Omens? Uh, but yeah, it's just uh, Good Omen. No. You should read it. If I you have a list, it should go on it. Oh, well, there you go. Make make a list, and then put good omens on it. I shall I shall do that very thing. Um, well, what have I? Well, I haven't been listening to any audiobooks. Well, neither have I. Um, I haven't started yet. Oh, you just ramping them up. <laughs> um, but I have been listening to quite a lot of radio. Um, in fact, today I, I was I had to turn it off because there's a radio two that we've talked about a few times. BBC mm-hmm. Radio Two that. The afternoon slot, um, it's, it's probably about one o'clock UK time, is um, Jeremy Vine. Uh, and it's sort of talk radio-y type stuff. I mean, very mild in, in that it's the BBC, so they're not going to allow people to sort of tear each other to shreds. Um, but they allow people to get, you know, indignant with each other and start, <laughs> start coming out Lots with sort of very folks, polemic. Yeah. On the, yeah, the yeah. misapprehension that you care. And it's, oh, good. 15 minutes on, there are too many people running in parks and there are too many people walking their dogs in parks. And are you finding yourself tripping over people with dogs? Or are you being molested by joggers? Um, oh, go away. <laughs> um, uh, and yes, my usual sort of um, podcast diet. Um, Go through those, but I think you're right. I think it's time for an audio book. Mm. Uh, the part part of the problem with the jobby job is the jobby job involves quite a lot of um, phoning people uh, or talking to people on endless Teams and Zoom calls. Uh, 
And I suppose I could just slip in. I could slip my headphones on and pretend to be listening to the, the Zoom call and actually just listen to a book, but <laughs> yeah, it's probably quite rude. And Stuart, what do you think about that? Um, yeah, I thought that was a great point that uh, Miss Obama made there. That's a really interesting uh, point that she raised. What? Sorry, I wasn't listening. <laughs> uh, yeah, I'll tell you what, you clearly haven't been on, a, on, on enough Zoom calls. Nobody cares what you think. But, uh, you just have to be there. Did you not see the guy who did a he did a video about this? He basically had a loop of himself playing and he just uh-huh. made a, a virtual webcam and basically had a loop of himself playing and he knew what time he would be called to speak and so he just made it like autoplay a recording and he just left it and didn't didn't go to the meeting but had pre-recorded his attendance and then just left it running mm-hmm. as an OBS virtual webcam. Right, you clearly haven't checked your email because I've asked you to make that video for me. Just some <laughs> Stuart looking attentive footage mm-hmm. on a loop mm-hmm. um, <laughs> that I could just drop into these calls. It's like the um, Father would... Jack from Father That would be an ecumenical matter. You just drop in something that you can't argue with but isn't necessarily 100% correct. I, I was asked, wait, oh, Stuart, you're, you're always five minutes late for these. Why are you, you late? Uh, so that you lot can get over the whole, you're on mute. Can you can you hear me? Can you see that? You can get all that out of the way. You should just come. Cyprus is two hours and five minutes ahead. I'm I'm on time. <laughs> I'm writing that down. Um, <laughs> what about reading? Reading actually, booky reading. Uh, bits and pieces. Uh, still, uh, Big Terry P. Um, rest in peace. Um, reading his ninth or tenth book. Um, What's it called again? I finished Guards, Guards, and I am on to Eric Faust. Eric. I haven't read very much yeah. of it, but uh, it's excellence as usual. So I'm, I'm just enjoying the ride. Okie dokie. Well, I've just started uh, Deadly Game by Matt Johnson, mm. um, which is uh, it's sort of modern formulaic type stuff. So uh, the hero is ex-special forces, now a policeman. Uh, and you know, fighting fighting the the bad guys, uh, left, right, and centre is just picking up from whatever the last one was called, which was probably very very dangerous game or something rather than deadly game. No one's ever um, ex being Q employee and former you know <laughs> petrol station attendant. They, they always have to be something like aggressive and and deadly. You cannot just be like you know Woolworths store manager, nineteen ninety seven and two thousand and one. Well, I mean, I think I think if you do make that your hero, you're probably asking a lot more of yourself in in terms of of writing skills. <laughs> well, um, I think it's, well, it's I, more I, of a comedy than an action thriller, I suppose. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I think Mr. Johnson knows knows what his audience is looking for. I mean, it is it's it's not the deepest reading that I do. I'll be honest, um, but uh, yeah, I like I like tearing through these every now and again in between the the other stuff. Yeah, there's, there's something to be said uh, for them. Oh yeah. Yeah, well, it's uh, what do they used to call them? The, the airport thrillers or beach thrillers or both? I can't remember. Pulp Fiction, way, way back when. Oh, good Lord, there's probably a movie in that. <laughs> um, what about drinking? What have you been drinking? Uh, filter coffee, really. That's about the extent and the excitement. Um, yeah, that's about it. Ah, <laughs> uh, well. Well, obviously, now, now that I'm, um, you know, I'm over that year, 
I'm, I'm, I'm going for it. I'm not actually. I, I keep having the occasional glass of this and glass of that. And my expectations are much higher than the reality. Mm. Um, so it, it was Burns Night, as I'm sure some listeners will know uh, quite recently. So I thought, well, I'll, I'll have a scotch. Um, I've got some very good scotch. Oh, I've got lots of very good scotch, in fact. So I thought, okay, I will have, I will have a Bowmore, which is a very nice whiskey. And um, I poured it properly, as, as you should. Just a nice small measure, a drop of water, no ice, stop it. <laughs> um, and it, it was very tasty. It, was, um, it had a nice smoky feel to it. I have the alcohol tolerance of a newborn. Um, <laughs> one sniff of a barmaid's apron, and that, that I'm anyone's. Ha! Stuart, they've just poured it into the glass. You haven't drunk it yet. Ha! It's a contact um, high. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. So I am now very much a one-drink man, because that's, that's it. Good. Any more than that. Well, I, I suppose like most teenagers, I could now push on through and see if I can turn myself into an alcoholic. Go on, force <laughs> yourself to drink more. Um, but there is a, there's also a, a part of me that's going, oh, do you know what? This was just so much easier not to do it at all. Yeah. Rather than sort of make these decisions and then wake up in the morning and go, oh, do I feel less tired, more tired? Or did the alcohol that I drank last night, all 14 millimetres of it, did, did that make any difference? Do I feel worse? <laughs> better? Um, not sure. Not sure. But anyway, it was nice to celebrate Burns night, mm. um, albeit without any haggis. Uh, haggis is quite a hard sell to a Sicilian. Um, <laughs> I, I may have learned some new words for no. Uh, so we didn't, didn't quite do it properly. Anyway, what about buying? What have you been buying? Well, we're not entering into what I like to call the birthday gauntlet, which is my brother's birthday is early February. And then my other brother and both of my parents are, are sort of spread throughout March. Uh, so we were entering into the time where I spend a lot of my money on other people's gifts, which is not a bad thing. I, I love buying you know, thoughtful presents for people, but it's always that kind of, I want to be ahead of the game. So I start agonizing about it two or three weeks before, and then it inevitably is always fine. But it's just that kind of like, right, we're coming up to the gauntlet. This is our time to shine. All of the, basically my entire, you know, family unit gets their presence within this sort of 40 day stretch. Well, I suppose it gets it all out of the way. I mean, you can... Well, the other... My, my in-laws just are spread throughout the year, so it doesn't really work like that, but... Um... Oh. But, yeah, the in-laws, you're, you're secondary buyer for those, aren't you? I mean, you yeah. kind of have to nod. I can and ride go, on yeah, the coattails yeah, of Megan's successes on those. Yeah. Mm. And that... anything else, or was that it? Is that it? What did I get? Oh, I... <laughs> I bought a squeezy bottle for uh, olive oil. You know those dispensing bottles that a chef would use to like dress something with like oh, oh to drizzle. Yes, to drizzle. So that that's yep. I think it was three pounds. That is the highlight of the excitement. I haven't even been out properly. I've been taking the dog for a walk, um, which I'm going to do this evening, and that's that's literally been it. I haven't really been in any shops at all. I think I've been in a shop two or three times since Christmas. Just because there's nothing to do and nowhere to go. Yeah, no, I'd say you're you're probably yeah you'd be, you'd be three times more than me. I've been in a shop <laughs> at all. Um, yeah, 
I that hasn't stopped me spending money, obviously, um, <laughs> as I think I probably touched on before. Uh, pocket notebooks, Nero's notes. The um, our tax year comes to an end at the end of this month. So by the time this goes out, um, it'll be. I think it'll probably be February when this goes out, won't it? Yeah, the first, um, perhaps. Mm. Uh, so my, my tax year will have ended. And so whatever's left in the profit column, and I'm very excited to say there will be a profit column this year. <gasps> Hurrah! Hurrah! First time ever. Um, I'll have to pay tax on it. I'll have to pay corporation tax, uh, which is, you know, I, I don't object to paying corporation tax. I'm a, no problem. And then uh, anything that's left after that, I might be able to pay myself some money back. Um, upon which I will then have to pay income tax. Uh, <laughs> tax. Tax doesn't have to be taxing. Is that right? Um, so, yeah, this is where I, I sort of stock up. and make sure um, there's nothing worse than spending, uh, for example, £1,000 on postage. If I spend £1,000 on postage before the end of January, then it will cost me uh, effectively £800. Mm-hmm. Because the tax saving so by doing it on the first of february i would be 200 pounds worse off and there's nothing yeah. worse than doing that this postcard 200 pounds more before. expensive in a day ridiculous <laughs> well, it's happened to me before where claire sent me a note you know two days after the year end gone oh i've just put a thousand pounds on the uh, frankie machine no. oh <laughs> um you mean 1200 pounds <laughs> And in fairness, it's not as though she should know that. She would have no idea, but it's just my communication skills as ever. <laughs> um, so, yeah, I've been stocking up on loads of stuff for Nero's. Um, if, you're a, if you're a fan of Musgrave, um, all of it is on its way. <laughs> a lot of Musgrave coming. And they're making some um, really nice stuff at the minute. Some really, really interesting bits and pieces coming out. Their Instagram is one to follow too. It is. It's great. Um, and, yeah, they've got some really nice stuff. Um, and well, the stuff that really, really people are after is the, the Tennessee Reds. And we've got, oh, what have we got? I think we've probably got, well, we've got a gross coming, I think. Ooh, 144. Um, yeah, no, three gross, three gross, uh, Tennessee Reds coming. 300, 400 and a bit. 430 <laughs> numbers yeah it's 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 almost a drawful um so yeah we've got loads of that coming we've got um some pebble coming in some of the tomorrow river stuff 432 uh, i we, used the calculator on my watch i thought you might <laughs> uh we've got some claire fontaine coming we've got some uh oh we've got some uk made stuff um out of rob de la porte that's going to be on its way mm. Uh, so yeah, that's all quite exciting. I quite enjoy doing it. And then of course, as I'm doing it, I think, oh yeah, I'm sort of knocking it down. I'm like, oh, I need to be careful. I'm going to run out of money. Boom. Shopify, your annual fee of 900 and blah, blah, blah dollars is like, oh, blimey. Hang on. Stop spending. Start, stop. <laughs> uh, cash flow management, the Stuart way. Just keep spending as he wants. Um, and simultaneous to that mrs l has been wandering around the kitchen going mm, yep nope 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 <laughs> <sighs> the the kitchen that we have here is lovely um it was built it came with the house that my parents built so it's been there about 30 years and 
Uh, 30 years ago, the way that Cyprus worked, and still works to a certain extent, was that you had a room and you had a client who said, I want my kitchen to be like this. And so you built it. By which I mean, there is not a single cupboard in our kitchen that is a standard size. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's about one forearm. It's a forearm and a half. It's three thumbs and a, an index finger. If uh, when you get into doing this, TJ, at, at, at uh, Cosgrove Towers and it's, you know, you, life suddenly becomes about 600 mil. Everything is about 600 mil. <laughs> it's the 600 mil cupboard. Can we get a 300 in there? What are we going to do with that AC? What, what do we put a little board in there? Can we use it for trays? All of that stuff. That's how building a kitchen in the United Kingdom works. It's all about 600 mil. I've got to translate Here, that for our, like, uh, American listeners. Okay, oh, that's 60 centimetres, about two feet. Yeah, 23.622 so inches. <laughs> there you go. Um, and that's, you know, that's, that's a cupboard. Um, whereas in Cyprus, you know, I've got cupboards at 48, <laughs> 66. <laughs> it's more of a, a broad spectrum of widths. You just pick a width. We've probably got one that size, yeah. Uh, and... You know, Margaret's always been very keen that this is not our forever home. This isn't going to be where, where we see out our days. Uh, well, not where we intend to see out our days anyway. And so the idea of, of, you know, taking out that kitchen and putting in a new one opens all sorts of cans of worms. You've got no idea what you're going to find because it's all sort of been custom built in there. So I, I know from experience that it's a really risky thing to do and it's a huge project. Because what would also happen is that we would have to then change the kitchen floor. Now, the kitchen floor is identical to every other floor in the house. Oh, no. It is, in effect, one floor. I'm sensing um, the issue. Yeah. And it's, uh, they are, if you think of sort of marble, you know, big, large marble tiles, they're like that, but they're not marble. They're, um, I don't think they make them very much anymore. It's like crushed concrete. Okay turned into into tiles so y you don't lift these out these these come out with a thing called a jackhammer and that's it you, you smash them out in tiny tiny pieces and over exactly so again the the whole job now is becoming well while we're here should we just take the walls and the roof off and, and go <laughs> well, the again? kitchen's kind of structural so just just take the house down and we'll put a new one up in the place yeah. it's probably faster <laughs> that's that's pretty much where it is so it's like mm, okay not sure we want to get into that and so for a year or so, I've been going, okay, well, well you know, perhaps we just, uh, technical term here, tart it up. We'll just, um, <laughs> we'll just, you know, maybe change that because she, you know, she doesn't like the cooker very much. She's not wild about the sink. It's got, it doesn't have enough sinks and has too many draining boards. I, I don't know. I don't pay much attention. Um, Upcycle that. And so, yeah, so we'll do this and we'll do that. And of course, again, that has a certain rhythm. You know, are we going to change that? Ooh. Well, if you change that, then you can have to think about what to do with that. And, oh, well, once you've done that, what about over there? Um, so, fortunately, a fellow has come along and said, right, okay, well, I'll just measure. Bum, 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 bum. And I'll be saying, so <laughs> well, listen, my good man, you may not know this, but in Cyprus, they never build it. And he said, no, no, nothing's ever standard. Don't worry about it. Oh, right, okay. Da, 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 da. And so he's going to replace all of the doors. So our kitchen will have new doors. 
and the carcasses will sort of stay stay in place mm -hmm. and won't be changing. And he said, look, to be honest, if you wanted a brand new carcass, you would not be able to get one as good as the one you've got because these were built by carpenters and, you know, they're, they're not sort of machine made as they now are. Yeah, there's no MDF or anything. It's just proper. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's, it's, it's the real deal. So uh, put the doors on, which then brings the agony of just what colour do you want, what handles and all of that stuff that's going on. <laughs> um, and so, yeah, that, there's been, as far as I'm aware, because I, I made a deal with Margaret that I, I would fund it, but I wouldn't project manage it. Um, there's been about 25 emails in the last four days mm. um, whizzing to and fro about the tolerance of that and this and then oh, I have no idea what's going on. Um, but I do know it's going to cost me a small fortune. Oh dear. But that's exciting, I suppose. New kitchen. <laughs> new new worktops. Um does does blue go with grey? I said, yeah. Oh colours. I'll put you I'll put you together with TJ. <laughs> and she said, Okay, yeah, that's not bad, is it? I said, only if you're happy to accept that the kitchen's gonna be green. At which point she said, No. No, I said, okay. I said, You could get Meg involved if you want, but then the kitchen's gonna be mustard. <laughs> mustard and green yeah yeah so i i think i think we're gonna have some sort of blue there's gonna be a blue going on i think mm. uh, uh -huh. a quite quite a light blue a light blue, uh which is great because that's kind of secretly what i was hoping for so blues and grays it's gonna look look very swish i think <sighs> anyway enough of that nonsense uh did i been buying anything for myself no i haven't um no, I don't think I've got any plans at the moment. I'm still waiting for my for my Claire package. So we're at that point. Right. What about quoting? What wisdom do you have for us this evening, TJ? Well, this is one that I think a lot of people might have already heard throughout lockdowns, but it's it's new to me and it's by Seamus Heaney. If we can winter this out, we can summer anywhere, which I thought was quite nice. We're, we're coming towards spring. Summer is still just a distant memory, but we can hope. And the winter is, I can see the nights getting longer. And so I know that the winter is receding. And that's, that's enough sometimes to just make it a little bit easier to get through the dark and dismal days. Hmm. Yeah, that's very nice. Um, uh, as we do this completely by accident, but where, where, where yours drips with positivity, mine, well, it doesn't quite as much. Um, <laughs> so two things are infinite. The universe and human stupidity. And I'm not sure about the universe. Uh, that was Albert Einstein, no less, said that. <laughs> Parish notices. What's, what's going on in the world of Cosgrove? Um, well, we're talking on Signal right now rather than WhatsApp, um, which I think will, uh, will feed true. slightly into your topic. But the reason I'm using it is because you asked me to. Uh, and it was a curious kind of, ooh, I wonder what this is like. Um, largely being unable to convince my entire family to move because they just see it as blue WhatsApp. And so it's not necessarily an argument I'm willing to have right now. Um, but I did notice something really interesting. I sometimes, if I'm working between the Windows laptop, the iPad, the iPhone, various different systems, I'll just send myself something on WhatsApp to get a link or get something like that. Um, uh -huh. it's just a function of being able to do it quickly. And so I went to do it on signal, just thinking it would go the same. And when I put myself in as a contact, I went, no, no, 
Well, you're not going to send yourself a message. You presumably you want to send a note to yourself. Uh, yes, <laughs> yes, I do. <laughs> you fool. <laughs> um, and I went, okay, so there's a little. Whenever you send a message to yourself on Signal, it comes up as note to self, and a little link. Whatever you've pasted, um, and it, it syncs to all the link devices. So it's on the iPad. It's on the. I thought, oh, I feel like this is appropriate. I feel like this is something someone has looked at what it does. And gone, what if it wasn't rubbish? What if we, we find something that people wanted and fulfilled it? So yeah, just a little checkbox for me. That was really cool. Very good. Yeah, I like that sort of thing. It's nice to see that. Um, so some, some would say it's missing from the places that you used to find it. But mm. yeah, Very good. Uh, well, what have I got? I've got two. One, uh, my mum has got her date for inoculation. So that's oh, very exciting. Uh, Excellent. Uh, she's going... On Saturday, she's going to go and get jabbed with something, something or other. Um, mm-hmm. I don't That'll be her one, first dose. I don't then? think you get told which one. That'll be her first, yeah. Because um, obviously, uh, UK is still sticking to its guns that it's going to leave twelve weeks between first and second, mm-hmm. um, in an attempt to get more people the first um, before sort of going around again. The I don't know. The jury seems to be out. Uh, every time I read a scientist saying, oh, I think it's a very good idea, I, I read another one going, mm, not sure. Yeah, I don't have an opinion on that. <sighs> well, is, I'm not qualified to make a distinction. No. Exactly. I, I'm going, well, I'm just going to have to trust somebody. So uh, we'll we'll just do as we're told. I don't think anybody's going to allow me to make my own choices anyway. I think Cyprus, on the other hand, um, as with the well-publicized issues around the EU thing, um, I heard that this week we're going to start calling the 80 to 89-year-olds. So, so far, they've managed to do the over 90s. Um, is that a big number so in Cyprus? Reckoning, I'm, I'm not sure <laughs> it is or it isn't. They are quite long-lived. Yeah. Um, but I, I know last week sort of there were 3,000 appointments released. Um, now that, <laughs> that's not very much. By any standards, even in a small country, that is not very much. It's going to take quite a long time to inoculate the country at that rate. However, it is what it is. Um, I suppose the way to look at it is as long as everybody else gets done, then I'll be fine. Um, so I'm just going to hang out with old people uh, <laughs> when they do start relaxing the restrictions. I'm just going to keep playing golf with the oldest people I can find because they, they will have been inoculated. So Sorry, this is a, an over 70s golf cart. Uh, if you're not over 70 <laughs> or me, you have to leave. Oh, yeah, in fairness, the golf club is beginning to understand. They've tried that before. Oh, oh you'll be sharing a golf cart with. <laughs> no, I won't. <laughs> no, <laughs> no, no. I don't know how to explain this to you. Any, any. I, I could use violence if you'd like me in a sort of balletic beating. I can let you know what I feel about this. But no, I'm not sharing a cart with anyone. So we've got another cart. Well done. You've got the How idea. strange. What a strange correlation. <laughs> Certainly not causation, but definite correlation. Yeah, bless them. Um, you know, the, the whole world is, is sort of bending over backwards. Why don't you share a golf cart for four hours? No, I don't think it's a good idea. Um, uh, so what have I got? Well, I, I finally lost my patience with, with um, Facebook. That was my, my sort of thing. Uh, Charlie, little Charlie the dog, it gets me up around about five o'clock and uh, that's a bit earlier than I would like, but rather than get too wound up about it all, I just sort of lean into it. And actually I get quite a lot of work done in that sort of early morning spell. 
Yeah, because um, I get up and, and I get to basically done, and I feel. I was going to say I get to depress. <laughs> I get to depress Cosgrove because I've, I've already closed two of the three rings, and I'm halfway through the the stand rings at sort of six o'clock in the morning his time. Um, so I I lean into it, and once again I was I got one of these messages saying that my my store pocket notebooks, I keep calling it pocket notebooks because that's the name of the store. You can't change it. Um, wouldn't be able to use Facebook and Messenger as sales channels or, or Instagram as sales channels, which I'm not particularly interested in doing anyway. But um, unless I installed their new app, and the I, I actually published on Facebook, ironically, uh, and Instagram, the the screenshot of the permissions that they want, and it's just horrible. So. Uh, Facebook will be able to manage customers. Facebook will be able to access data such as customer names, email addresses, phone numbers, and physical addresses. Facebook can track online store browsing behavior, including page views, cart updates, product views, and searches. So regardless of what (laughs) permissions you've given Facebook as a consumer, if you came to my store and used any of my links mm. then you would be giving face I, I would on your behalf be giving facebook to use all your data mm. surely there's i don't know i don't again i don't have an opinion on this because i'm a qualified to have an opinion but surely there's a gdpr issue there in that can you grant well <laughs> yeah the gdpr issue yeah the gdpr the gdpr issue is that in my privacy statement i have to tell the customer that um certain partners will take boom 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 please see their t's and c's yeah and in a court i suspect a european court would turn around to me and go well you can't just say that you've got to actually say what it is that you're you're allowing them to take Mm. which means that i would then have to replicate all of these things and put them into my T's and C's um, and, and pass them on that way. And, you know, frankly, nobody ever goes to the T's and C's page on the, on the website anyway. And uh, I don't object to Facebook taking data. It provides a service. You might think it's a good service. You might think it's a bad service, but it provides one. And in return for that, it expects to access, you know, A, B and C. But this sort of, backdooring this sort of going yeah. round and and not being explicit about it, it just oh, yeah oh, i don't like it there was another um, thing with um you're aware of oculus which is the vr platform yeah yeah so there's a thing that they did where facebook owns oculus and so they mm-hmm. recently i think it was in the last last year tail end of last year changed it so that if you want to use oculus you basically have to have a facebook account for a similar premise, I think, and that it basically ties you into their their database of now you have, you know, whatever information you submit through um, the, the quest, you know, whatever you're doing, it's now being fed through Facebook. And so there's a lot of people going, um, I don't have Facebook. You know, I want this VR headset. I don't want a Facebook page. Uh, and mm-hmm. oh, I don't really like the sound of this. Yeah, I mean, I um, 
I, I made the decision of what I was going to do. And, and so what, what I have to do is detach my, my store from all of the Facebook-owned channels. Um, now, I still have a Facebook page for Nero's Notes, and I can still mm -hmm. post on that, and people can still post on it. But um, you can't link to a product. You can't sort of buy directly. Um, and fine, okay, I'm, uh, that may have an impact on business. It may not. Who, who knows? Well, I do know. It will have some impact on business, but I'm prepared to, to accept that that's fine just yeah. because I don't, you know. Um, and so I did that and I thought, well, I'll, I'll drop a note into, into Shopify and just say, look, um, and I'll, I'll read it to you. Okay. Hi there. I received the email explaining that I'll need to install a new app to manage Facebook and Instagram shops. The new app seems demanding of a lot of access and data, data which I'm unwilling to hand over to a company widely accepted to regularly misuse data. I'm out. Just as feedback, the deeper relationship, uh, the deeper the relationship Shopify has with Facebook, the more I distrust Shopify and seek alternatives. Can you tell me what action I need to take to ensure that my storefront is allowing zero access to Facebook? Many thanks. And uh, one, one of their, their customer service reps came back. I won't read his whole reply because we'll be here for a week. Um, he's a very keen, bubbly young fellow. Ben, his name is. Um, and he came out with a phrase that stopped me in my tracks. We do have many merchants coming to us with this concern that Facebook has the details of their Shopify shop. But I can guarantee with you, Stuart, and I stick with my words, that you have nothing to worry as Facebook respects their user integrity policy as well. Mm. And I went back to him <laughs> and said, that's um, I didn't say anything about the grammar, but that's quite a quite a guarantee you're giving there, Ben. Um, Cambridge Analytica mean anything to you? No, never mind. Uh, but anyway, uh, I don't want to go on about it. But it just—I don't like it. I'm I'm very, very, very close to falling off that platform entirely. Um, it's yeah. I, I literally what people have said to me. Page is the only. Yeah, my 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 um my crack is um is Instagram because I do like seeing all the nice pictures yeah. and stuff. I don't use it for buying. I find the advertising irritating. I find the new algorithm annoying. Um, but you know, you post a photo of you walking the dog. I think, oh, that's cool. I like that. Um, and yeah. so that sort of kind of keeps me there. But um, on principle, I'd like to be away. Uh, I doubtless I will have another hissy fit at some point, and I'll I'll, I'll <laughs> shut everything down. And then poor, poor old Claire will go, oh, right, so that's me running the Instagram page. Then. Yeah, 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 probably a good idea. Uh, <laughs> anyway, there you are. Data privacy, folks. It matters. Right. Gerald, get us out of this hole. This is the three-pin plug. The first pin is Stuart Lennon. You can buy his lovely collection of reasonably priced notebooks and stationery supplies at nerosnotes.co.uk. You can read his writings on writing, at stuartlennon.com. If you want to see photos of his dog Spice, you can follow him on Instagram at stuart.lennon.587. The second pin is TJ Cosgrove. He created Wood and Graphite. A collection of over 150 short films on pencils, paper and other collected analog ephemera. You can watch it on YouTube by searching, wood and graphite. 
If you like looking at photos of coffee and keyboards you can follow him on Instagram, at team underscore Cosgrove. The third pin in the three pin plug is this show, 1857. You can support the show by leaving a review on iTunes or the podcatcher of your choice, the efficacy of which is debatable, or by sharing with someone you think would enjoy it. Perhaps even nip over to nerosnotes.co.uk and pick up a few lovely notebooks or fancy pencils, it all helps to cover the cost of hosting. The three-pin plug is brought to you by me, Gerald, a totally normal human being and certainly not an AI-based neural voice generator. Thanks for listening, back to the show. So, TJ, what are we talking about tonight? Well, this is something, again, it's prescient, something I've been thinking about. And you have a bit more experience than I do in this area. So I thought, again, I would um, test the waters, ask your opinion and have a chat about blogging. So, I mean, I've, I've written blogs before, but it just seems that the whole the blogging ecosphere has changed. And there's a lot more uh, variegated ways to blog and how to blog and where to blog and, and why to blog, dare I say. So... Mm. I'm doing some research, but I also, I wonder what I'm missing. Um, well, I, I'm far from expert. So I came to it very late. Um, but then once I got into it, I kind of, kind of stuck with it. So when I was first getting going, which would have been, I don't know, probably seven years ago, something like that. Um, People sort of pointed me towards Blogger. Yeah, the Google one. Um, which was, yeah, which was the Google one. Um, and it was, or, I mean, is it still going? I think it's still I think it is, yeah. Um, it's, you know, it's very straightforward. doesn't do that much. Um, but it gets your words onto a page on the internet where people can find it. So, you know, that, that'll do for many people. Um, and then I went through a sort of cycle of, okay, so, you know, why am I blogging? What do I want to do? What do I want to achieve? And I wanted it all to look amazing and blah, 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 and all of that stuff. And so I got into self-hosted WordPress, which is, is fine if you don't mind throwing some money at it. So you, you've got to pay for your domain if you want your domain. Mm-hmm. And some hosting charges. Um, and because it's self-hosted, you've got to sort of keep on top of things and, you know, make sure that your security stuff is right and your plugins work and obviously you need to know how long tj spends on the page how many seconds on that page where does he go (laughs) after the page um because all of that stuff is vitally important to your survival as a human being um you've got to know that until it occurred to me that i don't actually care (laughs) and to me the, the most important question was the one that you asked at the end there which is why are you blogging and you need to, I think, be able to sort of honestly answer that for yourself. Yeah. Because I realise I don't care if nobody reads what I've put up there. Because me putting it up there is an exercise in itself. Mm-hmm. And uh, in many ways, it represents me practising my craft or what I hope to be my craft. So um, I'm an aspiring writer. Um, and I had an opportunity to be a full-time writer. Um, and spent it sort of procrastinating and just being an idiot, really. Um, <laughs> and so now now that I'm not it anymore, oh, I wish I was that. Um, 
And so I don't, in my heart of hearts, I want people to read what I've written. I, I certainly do. But the the whole blogging side of things is actually is a way of me building up uh, my craft and I suppose gaining an audience. I'm trying to build an audience. I do that. I have a membership scheme to my blog um, because I'm trying to get my fans, if that's the right sort of thing, or my patrons, people who want to help me to to come to that place and make it more of a collaborative undertaking. Mm-hmm. I think I think publishing is broken. Um, I've looked at this now so many different ways. The w- traditional publishing is very much a crapshoot. Um, the publishers are, are fighting over each other to publish the next Stephen King. They're not interested in what TJ Cosgrove or Stuart Lennon's got to say because they've got no idea whether we're going to sell. Um, and even if we send them a lovely book to read, they still don't know whether everybody else is going to buy it. Whereas Stephen King can write down the phone book and people will buy it. Yeah. So um, what happens is that many, many people don't get published. And even those that do, rarely do they make any money from it. Kindle, ebooks have created a, a new and different model where anybody can publish. Anybody listening to this podcast can publish a book on Kindle by tomorrow night. It's, it's not complicated. It's not difficult. Uh, if you can find podcasts and download them, then you've got the skill set to upload a book. <laughs> now, it might be rubbish. It might, in fact, be the phone book. It might be the greatest work of fiction ever written. And you can put whatever price you want on it. However, to be competitive, to fit into the marketplace, you are guided by Kindle and, and, and others into certain price brackets. And there are certain rules and regs. And they will take a, a chunk of the action. But you're likely to be selling your book for, I don't know, a couple of quid. 99p perhaps 99 cents perhaps the next time you think about buying a book for 99 cents i want you to go away and say right i'm not going to spend 99 cents on a book until i've written one so go off and write 80,000 words (laughs) (laughs) i understand the whole if 10 million people give you a dollar then you make 10 million dollars but 10 million people aren't going to give you a dollar and the vast majority of writers, of published writers and non-published writers or self-published writers, um, do not make a living, anything like a living from writing. And it's because we as consumers have got it into our heads that it's fair to give somebody a dollar for 80,000 words. <laughs> and it isn't. <laughs> I'm, I'm sorry, mm. it isn't. And so for me, what the blog is about is getting people involved um, with what I'm doing. Um, I get, I, I have a membership scheme and I have people, part of that membership is you get, uh, I have a Slack channel running um, where people can, can feedback on what I've written, um, can talk about what, the weather, whatever they want to talk about. Um, and I get fantastic feedback in that. And people tell me, oh, you know, I liked this and I didn't like that or, 
Uh, and I have accountability because I think, well, you know, I've got to produce because these, these people, you know, very kindly give me money. They haven't given me very much, but they, you know, they give me some money, mm. a lot yeah. more, a lot, lot more than I would get selling them a book for 99p. Yeah. So to me, that is the future of publishing is that type of mixed content delivery. Um, I hope to God you can put it into words better than me, but um, if you are a member and you are a member, then, I remember, yeah. you know, if, if I classically publish a book, so I say, right, okay, I'm going to have this, uh, this, and it's going to go out on Kindle, it's going to go out on uh, Apple, and you say to me, great, well, I'm a member, Stuart, I would like my free copy, then you will get an autographed free copy. Now, when I say autographed, it's going to be autographed with an Apple pencil, and it's going to be all very funky and cool. Um, but that will be, you know, part of your benefit of being a member is that you will have that specifically for you. Mm-hmm. And that to me is much nicer than going on to Kindle and, and 99 cents. You know, it, it's a real connection with the writer, whether it be me or another one. I mean, I've just adopted yeah. somebody else's model. So I didn't come up with this. Um, and I think for me, that sort of is where the blog that I write belongs. Mm-hmm. Other people blog for completely other, other people for other reasons. Mm. Other people <laughs> blog for different <laughs> reasons. Um, you know, they're about, they want to, to get traffic to create advertising because they, you know, they want it to sort of, you know, financially reward in that respect. Uh, affinity mm-hmm. links, all of those things. And I think what you want to use the blog for goes a very long way to deciding what format you, sh- you should use, what, um, yeah network or platform you should be using um and i don't know what are you writing for what are you going to be writing for? well there's a, there's a couple of different flavors here because there's one is, is sort of aspirational very similar to what you want to do in that i'd like a repository for writing um some of that writing i want to keep private uh in you know mm-hmm. whatever markdown format or whatever on whatever backed up devices i have other things I'm like, well, I, I probably won't take this any further, but I'm enjoying what I've written. Um, it may never go any further than this, but it'd be fun to share it and see what people think. And I've shared some of those documents with you before and you read story snippets and things like that where I thought, this is fun. I've written something that, that I've enjoyed and mm-hmm. maybe I'd like to share that. That That's one half. And the other half is more of a like a research focused thing. There's a lot of projects that I do that I'm interested in and intrigued by that I'd like to document, not necessarily just for myself. There may be three other people on the planet who might find it useful and possibly 10 other people on the planet who might find it interesting. But I appreciate when I find something that I'm looking for very specifically on the internet. You've probably had that experience where you're looking for something so specific that you cannot find it. But whenever you Mm -hmm. search for something specific, you have an idea in your mind of what you want and you jump onto whatever search engine you prefer and you you, you fire it out into the universe and the universe comes back with a search result and you're like, yes, yes, this this is it. That is such a pleasing experience and such a a beneficial experience to me personally. I want to try and contribute something there. So there's there's projects I'm doing at the minute largely off my own back just because I'm interested about uh, QR codes and rfid and um, nfc chips just because i think they're really interesting i think there's there's interfaces that we can build for things like analog notebooks and whatever that haven't been considered because no one cares enough 
and, and it's something that I care about that I think is really cool and really interesting that I'm going to play with. And I'd like somewhere to put those, you know, research reports, you know, the, the little like, oh, I'm playing around with this. Like, you know, manually drawing QR codes. That's been done before, but no one talks about it, about the actual structure of the QR codes. And, and if you're going to interface that with, a, with an iPhone, how do you actually get a QR code out of an iPhone? How do you make it generate one? And there's a lot of stuff in there that I had to go and figure out. And mm-hmm. I could save someone the legwork if they ever wanted to look at that by putting up what I've discovered uh, in one place. So that's there's, there's two sides of this here. And, I, and one, I may not make both of them blogs. Maybe neither of them will be blogs. I don't know. But as you say, they're, they're very different kinds of thing. And I wouldn't say either of them demands attention. I certainly don't care for tens of thousands of people coming and looking at it. That, that's not the reason I would do it. The reason I do it is that accountability and that that sort of almost a forum to showcase something. Um, and it doesn't really bother me that it might be a very small audience because the audience that it reaches is the audience that it needs to reach. Those are the people that would find it useful sure. or interesting. That's what I care about, not necessarily stuffing fiction or weird project projects down people's throat who don't care. Um, mm-hmm. But yeah, interesting. I read I read your blog post that you put out today. But I didn't read it on the on the blog. I read it in my email because it came through. Yep. And um, is that N- Najah? How, how do you say that? Oh, uh, uh, it was a uh, Nahera. Nahera. Yeah, it's N A with a, a grav or an acute J E R A. And I, that that blog post came through while I was checking my emails earlier. And I always like when they come through on that because they just grab me right away. And so there's a, an image of someone walking away. I thought, oh, right, what's this? And then we're into the Camino. <laughs> it's, it's like someone dropped me onto the Camino with you. That's, that's what it feels like whenever one of these emails drops in. I can almost feel the sunshine and smell the air. It just, I, I just get pulled in. And so I read the whole thing in my email. And maybe that's not the best way to do it, but I really enjoy just being presented with something interesting um and it well, popped the, up and i don't yeah there's a lot of um sort of talk or debate about that i mean the, there's a huge sort of groundswell of support for um uh email newsletters you know sort mm. of going back to email newsletters away from blogs um and you know, the, the platform that i use which is ghost um rolls that in yeah so because i have because i have the uh the ghost pro account or whatever i have um when i when i publish a post there's a little button that says do i want to send this to um members yeah and i can say yes or no uh and you know i'm i'm very much i i'm very undecided about it do you have do you use an rss reader no I don't. And, and I think that might surprise yeah. some people because they think I will. I'm that kind of person. But I've tried several and none of them really, I don't know, the, the interface doesn't work for me. And it, it's a whole bunch of co- correlation, co- sort of collation before you can actually read stuff. And the websites that I read regularly, it's a small enough list that I can just whack through them on a reading list or a, a set of links. So no, I don't use one. Yeah. And uh, the you sort of put your finger on the problem 
there are so many sites that I might fancy looking at um, that very quickly the RSS reader becomes a task in itself. It becomes, oh, I haven't looked for a couple of days. What have I got? Oh, 64, 70 articles. Oh, okay. <laughs> and, the, you know, the, the, everything just gets lost in the, in the avalanche. Um, likewise with email, you know, some people, um, somebody put it in Slack. Did you see that the other day? Um, today, I think it was actually somebody put Slack with the, with the badge number on the email, 21,000. Oh no. Something unread emails. <laughs> oh no, 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 no. That's... Um, they, they were so self-aware enough to, to know that that was the reaction that was going to come. I'm just going to look <laughs> it up now. Um, cause it did make me chortle. I, I mean, it also made me sort of, um, I think, I think. I think whoever it was said this will make some people's teeth chatter, which I thought was beautifully put uh, and 100% true. I'm just looking it up now to see who it was. Oh, here we go. It's Tom Ferguson. Um, here's one to make the inbox zeroer's teeth itch. And so he's got 102 missed calls and <laughs> that's 21,725 unread emails tom tom when the brick vibrates <laughs> you gotta press a button mate you can't just leave it, it it's it's a phone it's not just a, an internet brick <laughs> um so uh <laughs> that was quite quite funny maybe not um so yeah some people emailed it really works. And the feedback I've had from members is that, you know, they, they like getting an email. Uh, I think much for the same reason. It's just, you know, you don't want to program into your day, oh, I must go and check so-and-so website. Yeah. Um, but at the same time, you don't want to be sort of jolted out of whatever you're doing because I want to talk to you about what I did on the Camino four years ago. It's, it's, it's getting that sort of right balance point. Um, and in many ways, the European... Uh, legislators have helped us out because you know they've been so insistent that people can can opt out of these things. Yeah, that you, um, you know, the last thing that any well, the last thing I want to do is is send people email that they don't want. Yes, and that's again, why I was going very hesitant. The green. <laughs> yeah, it's like, um, but it, there is something nice about getting it in your email because your email, I suppose, is a sort of comfortable place. And in, in many ways, it's, it's distraction-free because you, you select which email to dive into, if you see yeah. what I mean. It's, I've decided um, to do this. I've decided to process an email. And if I see yeah. your email pop up, I don't even have to go into it if I don't want to see it. Like, I got an email from B&Q earlier. I don't know why. Sure. And I, the only reason I opened it was to hit unsubscribe. If I hadn't wanted to unsubscribe, I could have just swiped it away and it disappears forever into the void of the spam box. You know, so I get to decide if I see this or not, but it's almost a prompt. And I think that prompt is useful of like a, here's a thing you might like. And you go, oh yeah, actually, I do like that. And it's, I don't know, I think it's a good way to do it. And it keeps it timely as well, because I, I try to answer my email every day. Not because I'm I'm very, very sort of, not because it's that important to me, just because it's easy to do one or two emails when they come in rather than leave them for a week and miss stuff. Or I don't get an awful sure. lot. And so it's easy for me to go on and go, right, that's Stu sending me the episode for edit. Uh, that's spam. That's spam. That's from my bank. That's spam. Okay, I'm done. 
it's really not a complicated job. Um, so I don't spend an awful lot of time on it. But I do appreciate the little gold nuggets like your blog post that drop in and I go, oh, like, I genuinely really enjoyed the article today. Um, it's written in a really lovely way that, that drops me into somewhere I've never been, which is not something that all writing can do, but the great writing should. Oh, uh, thank you. Very kind of you to say. But um, you should, by the way, now that you've uh, uh, Blue is training you, you and Meg <laughs> need to go and do a Camino. That's what you need to do when the world starts turning. Funny enough, we were talking, just having read a few of those posts and looking at kind of where it goes. I mean, it's not the worst proposition in the world. <laughs> just go walk through some beautiful well, scenery. Um, well, I'll okay. tell you the one I've got on, on the mental radar is, um, is the Portuguese. Mm-hmm. So you can you can walk you can walk from Lisbon or you can walk from Porto, um, which is the but well the home of port, funnily enough. So there's a decent place to start. Um, <laughs> and there are three routes. There's the there's the beach. Literally, you walk all the way up the beach. Wow, um, which looks very hard work. If you ever walk on sand for any length of <laughs> soft time, sand, it's really quite hard work. It's an ankle work. Um, yeah, then there's the coast one, which sort of follows the beach, but, you know, not quite. And then there's the traditional one, which is a bit inland. Uh, but they're about two weeks. So you, you can, you know, you can sort of knock those off in one go rather mm. than uh, the, the Frances, which the one that we're doing is either a long commitment over a, over a period of time or um, a month and a bit uh, in one go. Uh, but yeah, it's, uh, I'm, I'm having the best time remembering it and yeah year two i've I've got my notebooks so year one i've misplaced year one's notebook it, it'll be around somewhere but i've misplaced it um year two I'm, i was actually reading through it and i'm writing the posts sort of prompted by the memories in in the yeah. notebooks and so uh Stu <laughs> phone phoned me today laughing and said yeah i remember that look on his face Oh. <laughs> no no spoilers but when the duck when the duck was heading off to the doctor he really thought that everything was going to be no problem um and he, it was a problem mm. plot spoiler um but yeah it's it's uh, a it's a fantastic for me it's a fantastic reminder of why i use notebooks um and b it's just great fun to relive yeah and i say if nobody read it I'm getting a huge amount of enjoyment from writing it. Yeah. Um, and, and, you know, people do read it and they do enjoy it and they do get something out of it. That, yeah, that makes you feel like a million dollars. Of course it does. I think that's also and the, the, the draw of it. Like it, the, the measure of good writing as well is that if you enjoy writing it and then you enjoy reading it back, if you're so embarrassed or, or sort of nervous about reading it back, you don't want to, are you really going to want to put it out there for other people to read? Like if you enjoy reading it back and reminiscing and sort of reliving those moments, other people will too, because it's the same. Yes, you were there, but if you can recall it with such detail, so can other people, even if they weren't there. Yeah, for sure. It's, um, you know, so going back to um, platforms and stuff, I, I ended up at ghost. Mm-hmm. from the self-hosted WordPress because WordPress is great, um, but it's, uh, it becomes a project in itself. <laughs> so there, yeah. there are so many um, add-ins uh, and plugins. So you can count how many people have come to the site. You can have analytics running. 
Uh, you can have, you know, special text converters. You can have things that squeeze your photos to make the memory work better. You can, the, oh, there's been a security problem. We're just going to update everything. And then some of your plugins will stop working and then you have to change them with their new versions. <laughs> and you, you, um, it's like Windows used to be when, um, when I sort of left Windows the first time and everybody would sort of go, oh, yeah, it's that time. I, I'm defragging my disk. <laughs> what do you mean you're defragging your disk? What on earth are you doing that for? I've no idea, but it seems to fix things. Okay. You kind of get, or I kind of got to that place with, with WordPress. Um, and I was perpetually terrified that I was going to break something. Yeah. And frequently did. Um, so I, I wanted to move away from that. And I went through a sort of shopping process where, as far as I understand it, Squarespace is probably the most expensive option, um, but you just don't do anything. It just works. Yeah, plug and play. Yeah. Um, Ghost was sort of a halfway between WordPress and um, Squarespace, and it's not as expensive. There is, um, there is a little bit more work that you have to do at the front end, um, and you can, I think, find yourself in a bit of a WordPress trap. Yeah. Where you're doing the exact same thing. Um, unless it's like, oh, look, we've got this new feature. So you'll have to update your theme. And I'll go, oh, I don't want your new feature. So I'm not updating my theme. <laughs> nope. Um, yeah, then, then it works fine, which I suspect may have been the same in WordPress, but WordPress just kept auto updating and auto breaking. That was the thing that, that really wound me up. I've I taken was... the liberty of destroying all your links and uh, disrupting your security. You're welcome. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, exactly. I would sort of go to my website. It wouldn't work. Oh, <laughs> that's not good. Um, so that, that's why I ended up going for Ghost. I mean, for you, I would imagine, and please bear in mind, I don't know what the words I'm about to say actually mean, <laughs> but I think you just want a static site. Pretty much. Self-hosted. Yeah. Um, it, it depends on the thing, right? So there's, a, there's an example website that I can give you. And this is a website from someone that I find uh, relatively recently. I'm, I'm working my way through their stuff, and it's really cool. The website is jacksondame.com, J-C-K-S-O-N-D-A-M-E.com. Um, I'll put it in the show notes for now. And they are programmy, kind of really interesting person who seems to have a lot of sort of Venn diagram overlaps with the things I'm interested in. But their blog is excellent. It's exactly the kind of format I'm thinking of. It's just simple straightforward uh -huh. and it just shows what it needs to show and doesn't have all this gubbins going around uh you know let the emojis be your your images and if you're not using an actual image and just it's simple and i don't know if this is a static site but it's a lovely design site and, and it works really well yeah it's um I, I believe it is static but um again i don't know what i'm talking about uh oh the one i was i've spelt it wrong because the one that we've spoken about before matt gemmel oh yeah um he's a he's a developer person um well was his site is a static site and if if i could if i could have sort of made that uh, and manage it that's what i would have done because yeah. it's blindingly simple yeah um and it's, that's it's a want. joy to navigate don't have yeah, it's a governance. joy to navigate 
I uh, I'm learning um, a lot of PHP at the minute, and um, which is really interesting. I'm really, I'm really enjoying it. But you kind of I've used WordPress quite a bit in various forms over the years, and I've never enjoyed it. It's always been a horrific experience. Um, I don't think that's necessarily WordPress's fault. I think it's that kind of cavalcade of plugins uh, that makes it painful. But starting to use PHP, HTML5, and, and CSS, and actually building websites from code or from frameworks, I'm looking at stuff going, oh, oh, that was just trash. Okay, I don't need all this this rubbish. Like, I need 12 lines and then content. I mean, that's That's what I want. And so I, I don't need all this infrastructure and all this you know, structure that it sort of sits above and makes it complicated. I just want something simple and straightforward so that I can largely just let it do its thing. And so one of the things I got, yeah. I looked at Ghost and I knew you were using Ghost before. Um, another one is you can use GitHub, which is uh, yep. sort of version change control. Uh, let's use, it's for, mm-hmm. for programming software. But you can use a little bit of software called Jekyll. I don't know if you've come across this before. Um, Jekyll basically takes Markdown files and spits them in, into a website page. And so you can basically make a new post by making a new Markdown document and dropping it into the appropriate yep. folder. And I'm going, ah, oh, programmatic design. That's what I want. I want to just do the writing. And I'm learning a little bit of Markdown as well. So I just want to be able to just have that as my formatting and then just mm-hmm. save it. And in the act of saving has posted it everywhere it needs to post. Yeah. And that's exactly what I want, but without the requisite knowledge. So <laughs> I, I pay ghost to create that. So yeah. what happens for me is that I write in, I, I write in Markdown. Mm-hmm. Um, I write in Ulysses and from Ulysses, I press publish. Boom. Done. Now, Often, if there's an image or if I want to put, um, uh, you know, uh, if I want the emails to be sent out and all of that stuff, I actually just publish a draft and then go in and, you know, I add a stage. Yeah. But I can, if I want, just publish directly from Ulysses. And I would merrily do that to a static site and have the static site run the membership scheme because, you know, the all of the sites that put things in the middle just make it more complicated. Yeah. The and more so bits you have, can, the more sort of third parties that are sticking their arm in. It just makes it so yeah. much more convoluted. Yeah. So um, I'll give you an example. When, when you became a member of the site, that was run by Memberful. Mm-hmm. And Memberful take uh, 10% pretty much. Okay. And then whoever's doing the, the processing of the, of the actual transaction because it, it's not memberful it will be stripe probably uh, they take whatever percentage they take it's not as much as 10 but they take that and ghost is a sort of halfway house where it'll say you can just link it to stripe and stripe will do what they do but we're not going to take anything off you because you pay us every every month to be here so that's mm-hmm. fine actually there is an api um and something else that you can use on a website that's simpler than an api whatever that might be that um you can just connect your stripe account to your website Mm. but i can't and i couldn't and i would then be concerned about you know what's the gateway from here to there but again it's it's stripe getting closer to the to the place where it can say to people like me yeah just use us 
You don't need to put another middleman in the yeah. In the way. You don't need someone to to, to so, barter this and negotiate how to hand these over. Yeah. So the problem the problem I have is that the members' um, functionality within Ghost is is pretty limited, um, and becoming a member now is more expensive than it was when you became a member. So I now have two sets of members. Um, the new ones, and that's easy. The ghost will manage those guys forever, and they've got uh, a, a you know Stripe subscription that mm-hmm. will update, and they get an email. Do you want to renew? Blah blah. That's all great, super. And then I've got the guys that who were on Memberful who are no longer on Memberful, who've no who are still connected to Stripe, but there's no front end to the Stripe. So, <laughs> oh, no. um, you you can access things on my website because I've 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 pressed the special button going. Uh, give him a complimentary free membership until I can sort the hell out what I'm going to do about all of this. Um, and so it's, you know, it's sort of gradually moving further away from what I want it to be, which is just to get out of my bloody way. That's what I want. Mm-hmm. I don't want to be thinking about the website. I just want to put the writing up. Um, and as you say, the, the stuff all exists to make that happen. Um, and it's just finding the balance what i should probably do is go away and learn how to make a static site and manage it you know yeah do do it take you know one percent of the of the course that you're doing and go right i'm gonna go and learn that um so that i can do this and not deal with all the intermediaries <clears throat> or just accept that i have to pay you know lots of money for the intermediate not lots of money but yeah i mean the only intermediary you want is a is a payment processor you don't want to be handling any of that any of the yeah, for sure. crazy exactly. details let someone who's happy to take the insurance risk on those uh deal with those everything else you can do so yeah maybe dive into some php that might be fun because i'm actually really enjoying learning it at the minute um and it's it's a fun language because it's quite verbose like it's quite descriptive what you're doing and so you can start uh-huh. to to build stuff and i it's funny it's not something i would thought about before i started learning about it um but of course, you're not going to build every single piece of every single web page stock. But it's whenever you get into like, okay, well, how does Amazon list 2 million products? But they don't have 2 million boxes that someone's made. They've got one box that someone designed. They've told those boxes how to stack. And then they've said, okay, for every product we have, make a box, go. Mm-hmm. <laughs> when you see the code behind some of the stuff that you can build, it's like, oh, it's three and a half lines. And that does all sure. of this. And it is it is magic, um, but uh, yeah, it's it's interesting. I think I've got a better insight to it now, having done a little bit of web development, and being able to see the 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 grubby underside of oh, that's all. I don't need that. Like, if you think you need the WordPress, if you think you need all those plugins to make a website work, you don't. You need all those things if you want to make a very specific kind of thing that will do a very specific kind of thing. But you can build something much simpler if that's what you want and it can still be secure and it can still be fully featured it just doesn't have to be all singing all dancing uh does everything swiss army knife website when all you need is a pen knife for sure i mean that's that's exactly and i think there is um there is a groundswell of people who are you know putting out sites where the content comes first the content is Mm. front um most people now don't allow comments on blogs um just because the the volume of spam 
is such that it completely drowns uh, any genuine comment. Uh, and it just becomes a it becomes a management issue. It becomes okay. I'm going to have to spend X amount of yeah. hours uh, dealing with you know Viagra ads or, or whatever it is. Um, so all of my my sites. So I've got three sites. I have one for Lime. I have Nero's, and I have Stuart Lennon. Um, there's no comments on any of them anymore. They used to be on Nero's until well, about a month ago or so. Um, but I'm just tired of having to delete all of the ridiculous spam messages that you get. <laughs> um, have you looked at my credit blog? Uh, that again, itself is an interesting. It's one that we've discussed, I think, on a previous episode, uh, but that one had slipped my mind, so now I'm going to go look at that and see. Um, again, I don't know. Maybe I'll do nothing. And, and to be honest, I'm kind of replicating everything but the sharing step by just having well-ordered folders. You know, mm-hmm. I, no one can yeah. see it unless I specifically let them see that note, which we do for show notes. But it's it's the I need to be organized first before I can be sharing. So there's no point in having no content, but a really nice blog. So I'd rather get the content and then be able to go, oh, cool. I can set these up to to trickle out once a week. Go. Sure. Yeah. And, it you know, it sounds like there's, um, you know, that. There's merit in the process. You're enjoying mm. the process of working it all yeah. out. It's a process of understanding as well, because I think as someone who's used the internet for as long as I've been alive, like the internet was made shortly after I was. You know, I was born, uh, I think we talked about it before. I think I was born a few days before or a few days after the internet. So I've, it's, it's been around and I've been using it from my earliest memory. And you do not appreciate what goes into some of the stuff there. And and it's changed. Like, like it's definitely changed in the last 20 years. But understanding it better is a really good way of understanding what I want to do with it. Because I think if you asked me what, you know, what would you write a blog about 10 years ago? It would have been a very different response than if you asked me today. Because my my goals have changed. My personal perceptions of what sharing is and what you should and shouldn't share has changed. And yeah, it's a good experience, I think, to understand where and how I can share things so that I can then share what I think is actually meaningful and useful and what I want to to share with other people rather than what I want to keep to myself. Yeah, for sure. And it's, um, like I say, the understanding what you're doing and what you mm. want to do um, is, is so much of the battle. Um, because otherwise, I mean, the idea... I can think of lots of people I know and places that I've been where, you know, I'm blogging uh, and there's a, you know, eight or nine skill sets involved in that sentence of, you know, and I'm doing this and I'm putting that out and, you know, you've got to get the photography right. And you go, you know, if you're doing a site that's about photography, great, put the photos up. If you're doing a site that's about words, put the words up. Um, yeah. I think... I think my stuartland.com has two photos or so on it. I think on, um, I mean, there's there's a couple of hundred thousand words up there. Um, and I stripped out most of the photos because I, I religiously put photos on every single post when I started because I'd read somewhere on the internet that you've got to put a photo. <laughs> <laughs> um, 
And then, then I sort of went the other way and I stripped them all out and I, I'm just writing and writing and writing. But I do have photos of the Camino that I've been writing about. So it's like, okay, well, maybe I'll put something there that's illustrative, that if it adds something. Uh, and even then, you know, the theme that I've got is not really designed for photos. So where, where I wanted to put the photo, um, I couldn't because it, it mm. doesn't shape correctly. So I yeah. had to just drop it into the text. Um, but yeah, it's, if you if I know that actually it's the words that I'm interested in, but oh look, here's a photo that perfectly illustrates what I was saying. There, I'll put that in. I think that's more powerful than what I was doing, which was searching for photos in my my library. Oh, what should I put with this? Or yeah. you know, even worse, I I used to go and do a search. You know, Putin's Russia. Oh, what can we get? Oh, look, there we go. Boom. Mm, that's not really adding anything to anybody's experience, is it? Because everybody looks at it and goes, oh, he's gone to the internet and found a photo. <laughs> Getty images. And if you know, <laughs> Yeah, if, if, you know, if you're thinking of blogging as that sort of um, you know, endeavour where it's all about those things, it can be. That can be great. As you say, that could be a whole learning experience of how to put together this amazing website. But I suspect you'll find out that you don't need to do half as much as you think you did. And you'd be better focusing in on actually what it's for. I think that's the key. Um, and I, I might be wrong. It might just be me learning. But I think more people are looking for it. Mm, that's certainly the sense I get. Because there's more options out there, I think, than there was five or ten years ago. Um, so certainly there's a... People want to share more. But I think that sharing maybe five years ago was primarily social networks. So Twitter and Facebook. But now mm. with some of the kind of people are not necessarily trusting of, of Facebook or Twitter or don't want to share in the same way or they don't like the, the people that they're sharing with on those platforms. They want to share in a, if you've got comments turned off, it's a bit of an echo chamber and you, you can share and just think everybody loves it because if no one tells you anything, no news is good news. Um, the, the social media is a bit more vocal about that. So I think there could be maybe a shift towards more of the blog type platforms because it's a bit more individual, because it's a bit more personable. But again, that's that's total um, guesswork based on uh, what I've seen. It's not necessarily empirical research, but yeah, I get that sense too. Yeah, I mean, uh, uh, certainly I seek seek out more more stuff that interests me um, that I want to read about and. Um, less sort of prepackaged, ready to go this is the this is the wisdom here comes the wisdom boom um just looking for people who say things or are doing things that interest me mm. um and it's yeah the, the, you know it's a pleasure in itself it's an activity in itself i think so we don't know then if if cosgrove.com the musings of cosgrove um is is on its way <laughs> Uh, I think it's going to be tijuanajefferson.net or something. <laughs> Tijuana Jefferson, yes. See I remember him. <laughs> <laughs> oh. Well, it will be, depending on how you spell Tijuana. <laughs> <laughs> hmm. Oh, dear, right, dear. Well, look, it's that time. And uh, I, I've been Stu Lennon. And I've been TJ Cosgrove, uh, as of yet, blogless. But uh, we'll see. Uh, blogless in Belfast. Quick, quick, <laughs> register it. <laughs> well, in registering it, I, I nullify the name because I then have a blog.
Remember to make the past. Postmodern, baby. (laughs) The present. In the future. This was 1857.